from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to be here with you this morning on Wednesday, December 20th. It is National Signing Day, folks, and I did not stutter. It's actually National Signing Day today. Normally, it's right in the beginning of February, right? The first full week of February, it's that Wednesday. Well, it's still there. National Signing Day still exists in that location, but they added a second one, the early signing day, the early signing period. Now, if you're a JUCO player, you have the opportunity, obviously, to sign early and to come in in January, and that's a typical thing. But to have underclassmen be able to do that, to have true freshmen be able to sign early and have the potential of coming in early, this is this is an awesome opportunity for Syracuse and and for everybody out there. So the opportunity today is very special. National Signing Day, December 20th. Believe it or not, folks, it's, it's here. So I'm very excited that today throughout the broadcast, I'm going to be announcing to you who has officially signed with Syracuse, and then I am going to be airing those interviews that I've done with these gentlemen as the show goes on, and I'll tell you where you can get them. So make sure... You don't miss out on the opportunity to connect with the show. So many people have already signed in with Syracuse. I mean, these are early, early signees. Trill Williams, Cam Jonas, Anthony Queeley, Andre Sisco, Cooper Lutz, Taj Harris, Carlos Vetterello, William Fromey, Juan Wallace Jr., Trey Allison, and I'm going to be joined by a bunch of these guys on online on the airwaves and you're going to be able to listen into the show so make sure you stay very close so that you can get these interviews to you that you're not going to get anywhere else these are these are one-on-one conversations extensive conversations with the future of Syracuse football so you don't want to miss out on anything that's coming your way and it's coming up very very soon but on today's show, before we get to any of that, we have West Genesee Wildcats coming up. So I'll be giving you information as it comes through. But the West Genesee Wildcats boys ice hockey team joined me at the Wildcat this week for a very special opportunity, a special engagement show. And to the families that showed up, to the parents, to the aunts, the uncles, the friends, the cousins, the brothers, the sisters, the fellow students, the teachers, everybody that came out. The West Genesee Wildcats, i got to tell you something. I've done a bunch of shows with the West Genesee Wildcats, and we've had the boys' basketball team. We've had the football team out. Now now we've had the boys' ice hockey team. And I have to say that the level of support, care, concern, appreciation for one another is huge. The people that show up to these events, we've done events with 30 people. And Monday, I mean, literally Monday of all days, Monday is like the day that is the toughest to get people out there in the history of restaurants. We've done events with 30 people. Then it was 40 people. This event that we just did packed the house. We had at least 50 people there. So every event we do with West Genesee is great and it gains every single time. The momentum that we're building, this giant snowball effect that we're creating is thanks to you. It's thanks to Camillus. It's thanks to Marcellus, Syracuse, 
and all throughout central and upstate New York. It's thanks to the families and the supporters and the community builders that care about West Genesee and West Genesee Athletics. So I cannot thank you enough for the love and the concern and the care that you have shown for your students, for the athletes, for the community in and of itself. And I want to thank the Wildcat Sports Pub because I went to them with an idea a few months ago, like five months ago. And I said, you know, I want to I want to do these shows and I want to support West Genesee. I want to do something special for the community. And Danny Tome and, and I sat down and he wanted to do something special with the community. I wanted to do the same. We figured out how we could do it. And then we just started reaching out to the coaches. And so I want to thank Frank Calabufo, who you'll hear from today, for all that he's done. And I want to thank Joe Corley. And I want to thank Fred as well. I want to thank Fred Kent for everything that, that they have done because each and every single one of them has made these events possible and they've cared enough to make these events a reality. So to Joe Corley, to Fred Kent, as well as to Frank Calabufo, thank you for being receptive of the work that I wanted to do and thank you to the athletics department for everything. So without further ado, we'll take a quick fast break and we'll come back with the full show. So if you missed it, you're getting it today. If you heard it, you're getting it again and you could save it forever. West Genesee Wildcats boys ice hockey team joining me in this special from the Wildcat Sports Pub. Big ups to Danny Tome and Heather Tome. Make sure that you go out to the Wildcat and show your love, show your support, give your patronage on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, all throughout the week. Coming up in just a moment, we'll be joined by Frank Calabufo, the head coach, as well as Daniel Calabufo and teammates Ryan Smith, Pat McDonald, Timmy Wynn, as well as John Galimi in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market on Park Street, right across from Destiny, USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local. Fresh. Better. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. 
DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in Drysig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. All right. We're proud to be here with you tonight. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, live on location at the Wildcats Sports Club with the West Tennessee Wildcats boys ice hockey team. John Galimi here to my right with Timmy Wynn, Coach Frank Calabuco. And, and give, give Coach a round of applause. He's three wins away from 400. Only three away from grabbing 400. I'm Dan Tortora. Brian Smith here with me as well, Pat McDonald, and of course Daniel Calbufo. We are going to do three different segments of the show. The first one is going to be on hockey itself. The second segment is going to be rapid fire where I'm going to ask these gentlemen questions that have nothing to do with hockey. They have to answer first thing that comes to mind, so I'm going to throw them on the hot seat. And then in fairness, in the third and final segment, I will allow each of them to throw some questions at me. And they can ask me whatever they want to, and I have to answer it. So 15 years of broadcasting has brought me here to the hot seat after putting so many on it. So I appreciate it. We're going to start things off with Coach and what I just said. Uh, 397 wins, three away from 400. Just when I say those things, I mean, what that means to you, because you and I were discussing whether that ever hits your mind or not, and you had kind of an interesting take on it, so I wanted to share that with everybody. Well, uh, thank, first of all, thanks for having us here and having the players here. Um, uh, we don't really think about the number. I mean, uh, we're just kind of, I guess I've been blessed to do it a long time with a lot of good people, a lot of good coaches, and, and a, a, a ton of talented players. Um, and so we're just kind of thinking about number eight at this point and uh and baldensville tomorrow night Brian, i want to ask you about this so you had told me that you had come out you had done an event before where an opportunity to get behind the mic so what's it like to for you to be back behind the mic again uh, um you know it's a good it's a good opportunity to fix my mistakes from the last time what, when you say mistakes, what were the mistakes? I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of an answer quick enough that like made sense, so I sounded pretty dumb. 
So, so to be out here, did you get, did you do anything to prep yourself? Did you have any thoughts about what you want to say or what you want to talk about? Anything that's on your mind? Any practicing, or you're just cold turkey doing this? Uh, no, I didn't practice. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we're happy to have you out here. Pat, I want to go to you next. Coach is talking about the fact that he's concerned with win number eight, that it's nice to have 397, but that he's not thinking about everything together. He's thinking about this season, this season alone. What do you like about the team this season being a part of this squad? Um, what I like about this team is we're very uh, defense-based. We always base ourselves around our defense, so... Make sure that's the strongest, and uh, we're just focused on each win at a time. And when you look at that, when you look at that focus on uh, getting each win at a time, just what you could say about these first seven and, and what you've taken away from the team so far, if you feel like you've been tested in these first few games. Um, we've definitely played some very good teams up from all over the state in our first seven games, so I think we've gotten tested pretty well and we handled it well, so it was good. All right, Daniel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the mic over to you now. First and foremost, you have uh, the best name here at the broadcast, I'm going to tell you that. So. Thank you. Thank so you. what can you say about, you know, obviously there's, there's athletes that have the opportunity to play for their parents and the opportunity to get out there and, and do something that's unique and special. What can you say about playing for death? Uh, I mean, it's obviously tough playing for your dad because he's harder on me than anybody else. But it's something special that most kids don't get. When you say it's harder on you, do you do you feel that? Do you feel like when you're in practice that if you do something, dad's right there? Yeah, especially if he's having a bad day. I usually get that. <laughs> takes that on me. Well, what has that done for you? Do you feel like it's it's making you a better player knowing that your father, obviously, I mean, he's watching your whole life playing this sport and appreciate this sport so when he does see something in practice he wants to get changed how has he helped you become a better player do you feel he's helped you to become a better player yeah i do i mean he obviously knows what he's talking about so i just try to listen to him and get the job done john go to you now with this i, I want to ask you about coach he has been uh, very humble when we look at the wins and, and 397 and needing just a few more to get to 400. What does it mean to you to have a coach that has been so successful? Uh, it means a lot because uh, you can trust him because he's been there and he's been in a lot of different situations. So he knows how to make the adjustments in game or in between games. What is it about some of the adjustments in these first few games? Do you feel like when coach is, is out there trying to help guide you, is, has there been a time in these first seven games where you feel like the right adjustment was made at the right time, maybe in a, in a crucial time? Does anything kind of stand out? I mean, yeah, you definitely kind of coaches our, each team differently. Uh, definitely like focusing on each team's strengths, so I think it changes from year to year. What is the strength of this year's team, in your opinion? I mean, we got pretty good forwards. I, don't, I mean, we got, I don't know, I think we're a solid team all around. <laughs> all right, Timmy, I'm going to ask you this. What can you say about your head coach? What does he mean to this program? Well, he gets us going every year. Uh, we come out and play for him, and uh, we just know he's going to buy in for us and do everything he can to get us back to the top. When you say that you know you play for him, what makes you want to play for coach? What makes coach so special? What is it about the type of person that he is, the type of coach that he is, that makes you want to play hard for him? Uh, he knows how to win, and he's going in thinking that you uh, have a coach that's going to guide you to do 
whatever you guys can do to win helps out. All right, John, I'm going to go back to you. Defining three things that would define this year's team. Give me three bullet points. I know you said a good all around, but what are three things that you think of when you think of this team? Um, lockdown defense. <laughs> um, uh, we work real hard, um, and we listen to coach, and the culture, we're all really close, really close to you. Who's the funniest guy on the team, speaking of culture? Uh, we'll go, uh, we'll go Bergen. Who is it? John Bergen. John Bergen? Why? He just says some really dumb things. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, Are you laughing with him, at him, both? What? What is this? It depends. Usually at him. Okay. Does he enjoy that, though? He enjoys yeah, he being part it. of the comedy? All right. He loves it. Timmy, I'm going to ask you three things that would describe this year's team. Hard working, one. Um, we're good. And um, we're going to stay good. What is it about when you say this team is good? I mean, everybody has to believe that or else they don't, they don't suit up and go out there onto the ice. So what makes this team so good? Uh, it starts off in the net. Like, we got a good goalie this year with Aiden. He hasn't started anything before this year, so he came in big for us in the first seven games. And he's going to come out there the rest of the season and make it, make it doable for us. All right, Ryan, going to you what, you, what can you say about three bullet points with this year's team? Uh, we're gritty, hard working, and we're definitely really close, like all around, all the players. What can you say about the closeness off the ice? I mean, is, is this a team that is always together in some way, shape, or form? Uh, yeah, I mean, most of, the, most of the players are all friends, so. And then Team Tully's on Thursday, so, you know, we're really close. When you look at the closeness of the team, and the connect, you're doing good. This is good. I didn't see the last interview. This one's good. I like it. So, what can you say about when you have that closeness? Was that something that coach formed? Is it something that you guys just kind of built yourself? Is a little bit of both? I mean, what can you say about how the culture was started to be so close? Uh, I think I think it definitely starts with coach, and then it goes down to the to Patrick, the captain, and then he just makes everyone so much closer and everything like that. Right, Fred, I'm going to go to you now with that, which is what you could say about being a captain and creating an atmosphere of a team that's close, a team that respects and appreciates each other. Yeah. What can you say about forming that? Uh, it's great. Um, kids are always close together, so it makes my job easy. Um, we have our own like team group message, so most of the stuff goes through that now. So uh, we can talk all day throughout school and stuff about what we're about our game plan and what we need for practice and stuff like that so it makes it pretty easy when you have that group message how was that started was that an idea of yours or how did it come about um basically every year we just make a new one for each team and so it started at the beginning of the year and just every day we keep talking in it so what is different about this year's team from last year what's similar what parallels or contrasts can you make from last year to this year um, we're always really close, so like that's always the culture's always pretty much the same. Um, there's not much different, I guess. I don't know. When you look at the closeness of the team, 
how did that come about for you? I know that you've heard some of your teammates talk about it's something that was started by coach formed. You have these group messages, but to keep that going is essential to success. So just what you can say about how you keep that going and how you kind of, you know, take that flame and, and make sure that it stays lit, so to speak. It pretty much just gets passed on every year. So the seniors, the incoming freshmen learn it the, the year that they're there. And then as the years go by, once they're seniors, they teach to the next class coming in. So it just keeps on getting passed, passed on. All right, Daniel, I'm going to ask you this. Just what you can say about, you know, this year's team and, and the importance of it. What are you taking away from some of the vets on this team? Uh, I mean, they're really good kids, and they welcome everybody. Welcoming everybody. Do you feel that right away? What can you say about coming on to the team and how you were treated from day one? Uh, I was treated very good. I played as an eighth grader, so I was pretty scared. But they were all very welcoming and helped me transition. When you look at three things that would describe this year's team, what would those be? Um, I would say gritty. Um, we're not the most skilled team, but we work hard. And we're very close. When you look at gritty, it's something that Ryan said as well. Why use that term? Yeah, we're more of a dump and chase kind of team, bang bodies, and create offense off of chaos. Create offense off of chaos. Coach, I'm going to ask you about that, and I'm going to have you use right there. Just what you could say about creating offense off of chaos. I, I like that quote. What, what can you say about that? Well, I, I mean, uh, if I can speak to the culture part first, I mean, I think... Um, I think it's kind of special to be a part of this program, whether I'm just blessed to kind of kind of be the caretaker of this program for all these years, but we have a great we have great parents in this organization. Obviously they're all here tonight. Um, and there's just tremendous amount of support in the community. I mean Western Sea Hockey's in the fabric of the town of Camillus and the school district. And so if you're ever at West Jenny and you're at Show Park on game night and you see the little kids um, lined up outside the locker room just kind of pumping fists with the players when they come out like these kids were those kids at one point and so like Patrick said like the, we've got a history of tremendous captains in the program that just passed that culture and tradition down so uh, while these guys kind of want to say it starts with me it really doesn't it starts with the, the parents and the families and the, and the community itself and um, and just something special to be a part of this program um, to Daniel's point about about what makes us good, I guess, and, 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 and being a blue-collar, hard-working team. I think we've kind of adopted the, a long time ago, we adopted the philosophy that we, while we can't control how many pucks we score, we can control how many pucks we keep out of the net. So it all starts, like these guys said, with goaltending and defense. We build it every year from the goal line forward. And um, so there's definitely a, a commitment to the defensive side of the puck. It's not, uh, it's not glorious. Um, but we demand it, and uh, we tend to keep scores down. Um, we ask our goalies to make the saves that they have to make. Aiden's done a great job of that. As far as just getting pucks low and getting after people, that's kind of Daniel's point about just creating chaos and being hard to play against. When you look at the culture, and you brought up the statement that these guys that are sitting around me right now were once the ones that were the little kids that wanted to meet the players and talk to the players and celebrate with the players at that time. Just what that means to you, what that means to the community, because it's such an amazing fabric, like you said. It's an amazing picture to see a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, and now they're the ones leading the program. Just what that means to you as a coach. 
Yeah, you know what? If it was just about wins and banners, it kind of would be a big waste of time. Um, really, this is about it's about giving back and paying forward and trying to instill those values in, in these kids who are going to go on and, and have kids and, and coach kids and teach kids and do those things. And that's probably what I'm most proud of. Um, and to look out there into the college hockey world and see former West Jenny players coaching college teams and playing pro hockey and playing college hockey and I think I think there's a lot of West Jenny out there in the hockey world and 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 there's more to come so these guys take care of one of one they take care of one another once they're out and and they're they're far away from from me and our coaches so but that to me is the most meaningful when you look at creative like you said it's more than wins and losses more than banners the morals, the values, what are the pillars, the foundation of how you coach and how you go about what you do to create the type of atmosphere where you're not just having good players, but like you said, you're having good people in the workforce, good, good professional players, coaches, fathers moving forward. Yeah, um, you know, it's just all, it's, it, first of all, it doesn't start with me. It starts with mom and dad at home, you know what I mean? It's just family values. But, uh, don't, let's not don't get me wrong like uh, like like it's not all it's not all fun and, and games you know what I mean like the expectations are high and we're demanding we try not to be demeaning but we are demanding and there's expectations and and the kids know what they are and and you know I think that's important you know you gotta have you gotta have those expectations so what what are they you know what just just show up and treat people the way you want to be treated you know like just give it your best. We don't expect every one of these kids to be all league players, but we expect them to try to be. And, um, you know, if everyone's given everything they have, that's really all you can ask. And if everyone's given all they have, that's usually good enough. Pat coming from Coach, I want to go back to Timmy here. And just what you can say when it comes to a value that maybe mom and dad had started with you, coaches continue with you. What's a value or two that you feel like this team? has enriched in you? Uh, personally, something I've learned from Coach and my parents is to not, uh, don't retaliate. And um, my brother last year and all the years he played was a big uh, goon, we'll say, and he had to get someone back for everything that they did to him. So I kind of picked that up, I guess, and Coach is trying to get me out of that. Do you feel like it's working? Yes. Coach, do you feel like it's working? I do. <laughs> All right, John, to you, to that point, just what you could say value-wise that you feel you've taken away from Coach so far. I mean, he's definitely taught me, like, good work ethic. Um, you always got to work for everything. Um, and, and um, you know, just to be a good person. Um, always talks about leading by example. And, uh, yeah. Ryan. That's just what you could say about that in the same respect. What moral, what value that you got from your family do you feel coach has kept in with you? Uh, probably probably about the work ethic. Like you always gotta work hard if you wanna if you wanna do well and yeah, definitely just work ethic. When you look at the work ethic, how do you feel like your work ethic was coming in and how much has it improved? Uh my work ethic definitely at times hasn't been great, but coaches definitely, with the coaches getting on me, it definitely helps me, you know, know that I have to work harder and harder 
every day. Well, can, have you seen a difference from where you were in the beginning to where you are right now? Can you look back to those days oh, and see yeah. a drastic change? Yeah, I, I definitely can. Definitely didn't used to be the hardest worker, and then now I just try to work hard when I can. <laughs> All right, Pat, I want to ask you what, what moral or value did Coach continue that was instilled with you before? Um, one of the main ones is just being a good person. So, like, showing respect on the ice. Don't be like the kid who's out there just swearing at everyone and just retaliating all over the place and just uh, just treat everyone with respect, I guess. When you're in a game that can have its violent moments and, and obviously there's that piece to hockey that people enjoy and like to see and, and we brought up, you know, Timmy was talking about retaliation and whatnot. Is respect a hard thing to establish when you have that other element of the game? It's pretty tough, especially when like some of your teammates are involved in like battles and like you see your teammate getting beat down on so like you kinda wanna jump in and retaliate. But um coach has always taught us just stay out of it and Yeah. Daniel, I'm gonna ask you a question that's obviously unique for you. Instead of having parents at home to touch you something and then coming and having coach instill that in you. He instilled it in the beginning and kept it going now. So what are those values that you get at home that you feel like you get on the ice as well? Uh, at home he just taught me to be a good person and at the rink he always taught me I don't need to be a perfect player but I need to give a perfect effort. And what defines to you a perfect effort? Because I agree with that. I mean the perfection you'll always chase but what is a perfect effort to you? Uh, just be the hardest working kid on the ice at all times. Do you feel like you're getting that out of yourself? Do you feel like that's something that has kind of grown in you that even when maybe dad's not looking, you, you're taking care of business? Yeah, I do. And when he is there, if I'm not, I definitely hear about it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, Coach, since, since it's been brought up a couple times, they always say that a coach slash parent is always harder on their children. Would you concur with that? Definitely. Uh, the rest of these guys don't have to go home with me. So, uh, and he's the third son I've got to coach, and I think they'd all tell you the same thing. Sammy's over there. He's our goalie. Been been with us for five years. Just graduated last year. My older son Nate was on a state a 2010 state championship team. They just don't get away from it, you know. So. They got to ride home with me in the car. They they you know when I'm watching film at home and I I'm like get over here. You need to look at this. You know what I mean? Like there's no reprieve. So I, you know is that the right thing? No, definitely not. But uh, just part of it, I guess. And I mean, what can you say to that? You know, like you said, having you know this is now your third son doing this. Just when you are at home and it never kind of leaves you, do you find sometimes of of making that balance between? You know, having dinner and being dad and being the guy who's watching film half an hour later. It's a struggle. I, mean, I think my wife would attest to that. Um, yeah, I don't think it ever leaves you. It definitely doesn't leave you during the season. It doesn't leave you when, you know, you've got, you know, you're, you're just trying to give these kids the very best chance to, to be their very best. And so I think it just kind of, it's kind of just in your DNA, I guess, and I, I try to manage it the best I can for their sake. When you look at 24 years of West Genesee, 30 years overall, you started coaching at 21. I mean, did you? How fast has time gone by, first and foremost? And did you think that 
you'd be sitting here 30 years later and and have over, you know, have two dozen years that you've been spending at West Genesee. No, I like Scott McDonald sitting right there, assistant coach, you know, been with me for probably 15 years now on the staff. We played here together. We graduated from West Jenny in 1984, and I would bet if you ask Scott, and I'll tell you right now, I don't think when we were sitting in that locker room we played our last game at Kennedy Arena in 1984, that either one of us thought that we'd be sitting here today doing this. You know what I mean? Like, it just, uh, I don't know. We've been blessed to be able to, to, to do it. Um, but to sit here and tell you that 30 years, I don't know. Like, that to me, it's surreal. When Eric Burns, another one of my assistant coaches, played for me back in the early 90s, and now his kid's one of our managers, I guess that makes me old. But uh, it's, been, it's been a great run, and when I look back on all the, the people that I got to meet and share it with, it's been, it's been great. Coach, I'm gonna, your final question of this segment will be to, uh, to describe each of the guys that are sitting up here with me right now what they've described you, they've described what they've learned from you, so to kind of go around the table from your right to left, how would you describe each of these gentlemen? Kalimi is the hardest working kid on the team. Um, just, he just is relentless. We talk about relentless pursuit. Like he's the kid that if you were going to get in a fight, you'd want him on your side. Like he just, there's no quit in Johnny Galimi. Um, it's just, it's, it's just a tenacity. It's just a will to win. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, and that, that's Johnny. Timmy? Timmy's like a loyal dog. Like, talk about this retaliation thing, like, again, if you were going to get in a fight, you'd want him on your side, because he, like, no one's getting away with anything with, when Timmy's on the ice. Um, but yeah, it, 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 nicest kid in the world, came up and saw me in the mall yesterday with his sister, just wanted to say hello, but you throw a puck in the corner and look out, because uh, you're going to know you're in a war if you went in with Timmy. Smitty? <laughs> I'm really proud of Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith, Ryan Smith has transformed his game. Like in, in the last in the last year and this half of this season here, Ryan Ryan has emerged. He's blossomed. He's become the Division One athlete that that he's going to be here at Albany playing lacrosse. Um, he's a he's a leader. Um, he he carries himself with a confidence now that is is contagious in the locker room. Patrick McDonald's our captain. Um, Pat, we talk. First of all, Patty's a very skilled hockey player. But we, this team wins with chemistry, and chemistry always starts with our captains. And, and Patty gets it. Like like his older brother Matthew was our captain. Matthew got it. Um, Patty gets it. Patty, every one of these kids sitting over here at these tables here feels a part of this program. That's important. That's important whether you're a role player or you're a power play kid or you're on the scout team. Like everyone needs to feel a part of this because we, we're going to need every one of these kids at some point, whether it's this year or next. And, and that's Patty's job, and that's a big job. So Patrick's got to not only be the player that we need him to be on the ice, but he's got to be the person that we need him to be off the ice, and he's doing a great job of that. Daniel, um, you know, Daniel's got Daniel's got some stuff that is special. Like he can shoot the puck 
as well as any kid I've ever coached in 30 years. Um, but the thing with Daniel is, 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 is for all the skill he has, he plays a heavy, gritty, nasty game. And that's, that's, really, that's really what, what this team needs. And he brings, he brings that element. All right, Colin, from Coach for each of these guys, and we're going to ask your final question in this segment. I'm going to go to you first and foremost, Daniel. Just what you can say would describe correctly a West Genesee Wildcat. Uh, a blue-collar kid who will do anything to win. All right, Pat, what can you say? West Genesee Wildcat. Just hardworking at all times and all in for the team. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Uh, a hardworking kid who has a, a big desire to win. Timmy? Someone's just going to give all in for anything they can do to uh, help the team win the game. And finally, for you, John. Uh, a kid willing to block a shot for his team in the time needed. All right, so John Galimi, Timmy Wynn, head coach Frank Calabufo, myself, Dan Satoro, Ryan Smith, Pat McDonald, and Daniel Calabufo. And to everybody that's here tonight, there's, you know, for this show and for putting this out online on wakeupcalldt.com, they won't be able to see this, but I'm looking at this right now. We've had some great crowds. We've had West Genesee basketball. We've had West Genesee football. I want you to give yourselves a round of applause because the support that's in front of me right now is whatever somebody says, why did you come back to Central New York? Why did you start your company here? And why didn't you stay in Florida? Because it's warm and it's nice and Disney's there. These are the reasons why I came back. So to the community, give yourselves a round of applause right now. We will take a step aside. And I will put each of these gentlemen on the hot seat, and then they get to do that to me. So we're going to have some fun in just a couple minutes. Thanks for being out here at the Wildcat. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalwear, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. 
For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. All right, we're back here at Wake Up Call with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live on location here at the Wildcats Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, right down the road from West Genesee High School. We're here with the Wildcats boys ice hockey team. We have John Galimi, Timmy Wynn, head coach Frank Calabufo, as well as Ryan Smith, Patrick McDonald, and Daniel Calabufo, and of course myself, Dan Tortora. It is now time to play Rapid Fire. This is something that I instituted on the show years ago. It allows me to ask you questions that have nothing to do with the sport that you play. And I will put you on the hot seat, but then in all fairness, we'll take a break and you can do the same to me. I'll give you some time to get your questions ready. All of your teammates and friends have gotten very close to where we sit right now in anticipation of what's coming. John, you're first. <laughs> Five things on your bucket list. What are they? Um, watch Michigan in a national championship game. Okay. Michigan what? Michigan football. Alright. Um, meet Peyton Manning. Meet Mike Hart. Um, win a hockey state championship. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully a lax state championship too, probably. Alright, fair enough. Ryan, <laughs> if you can listen to one song on repeat for the next year, what would be that one song? Bob O'Reilly. Daniel, any video game that you've ever played, which one could you beat anybody at if you played them tonight? NHL 18. NHL 18. All right, so there's some agreements and disagreements. What makes you believe you can do it? I'm undefeated. All right. What's the record? Uh, 37-0. 37-0. All right, Timmy, what's one song that if it came on the radio right now, Talk about retaliation, you want to break the radio. Something that you would hear and you'd want to just break the speaker right then and there. One song. A crazy game of poker. No. Uh, all right. Pat, you can go, this is a three-part question, you can go anywhere in the world. Where do you go? You could take one person you know, only one, and you could take one celebrity. Where do you go and who do you take? Uh, I'd probably say like a Stanley Cup final, maybe. Okay. Uh, I'd take my dad. Alright. And, um, let's see here. I don't know, I'd take, uh, Will Ferrell, I guess. Alright, why Will Ferrell? Because he would just make jokes all the time and be pretty funny. Alright, fair enough. Have you seen Blades of Glory? Yes, I have. Alright, fair enough. Great movie. Okay, Ryan, I'm going to ask you this. Why, why why, is it a good movie? It didn't win an Academy Award, I'll tell you that much. 
But it is funny. Yeah, it's wicked funny. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just really funny. That's why it's such a good movie. Alright, favorite comedian of all time? Kevin Hart. Alright, why Kevin Hart? Because he's super small and he makes fun of himself for it. Are you going to see Kevin Hart when he comes back here? Probably not. Probably not. Okay, so he likes Kevin Hart not enough to buy a ticket. Timmy, favorite comedian of all time? Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Why? Um, I'm a big Colts fan. Uh, he retired and he started at Barstool in Indiana. And uh, he's a pretty funny guy. Alright, so you like Barstool? I do. Alright, fair enough. John, favorite comedian of all time? Um, I mean, not to copy Ryan, but Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, why do you, why do you choose Kevin? I, I just think all of his movies are pretty funny, and I just think he's kind of the most popular one, so I see him the most. Alright, Pat, what do you got? Favorite comedian? Um, either Will Ferrell or, uh, I don't know, maybe Seth Rogen. He's a pretty funny guy. Alright, why Seth? Nobody's named him so far. I don't know, his voice is just kind of funny, and <laughs> just in general, he's just a funny guy. He's pretty goofy, I guess. Alright, fair enough. Daniel, what do you got? Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell? Yeah. Why do you choose Will? Because Elf was a really good movie. Alright. <laughs> Getting festive, I like it. Coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep with comedy, but I'm going to ask you to tell me the funniest person on the team this year. I gotta go with Kevin Sheehan. Alright. Why Kevin? What is it about just Kevin? Look at him. He's just always <laughs> smiling, happy, making everybody laugh. Alright, fair enough. Kevin, would you agree? Would you concur that you're the funniest? No, I'd probably say Gullimi. Gullimi, okay. Gullimi, what's your response to that, John? Someone else, someone else, someone else. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Nice question, Timmy. All right. You're trapped on a deserted island. What are three things you need to have? <laughs> Besides the normal stuff like food and whatnot. Three things you need to have. A uh, hockey stick, a puck, and tape. <laughs> <laughs> hockey stick, a puck, and tape. On the sand. I like it. Okay. Ryan, what about you? Fantasy football, uh, probably the NFL, and then a million dollars. All right, a million dollars. Hoping somebody will fly over and you can get yourself off the island. Is that what it's for? Yeah. Okay. All right. Pat, what about you? Three things. Um, I'll. I'd also say hockey stick. Um, family Guy. And, uh, I don't, uh, music, I guess. Alright. What would you have, Daniel? Um, probably knee hockey. Um, uh, a golf club. And a snorkel set. Alright. What would you have, John? What are you taking with you? Um, probably a TV. Um, I don't really know. Um, 
probably like a car because I feel like I'd get bored and I'd want to like drive around without any rules. Uh, um, and um, I don't really know. I don't. I don't plan on being on a deserted island. <laughs> I guess that's an answer. I guess that counts. Coach, what are the three things you would need on a, desert, a deserted island? Now, your players think that there will be gasoline on the island, money on the island, as well as cable and outlets on the island, and one of your players thought that the entire NFL would join him on the island. <laughs> what would you be taking with you? My wife. Maybe a good book. Okay. And... Uh, that's probably all I'd need. What is the best book you've ever read? That's very true. The best book that I've ever read hasn't been written yet. It's going to be called Friday Night Ice, and it's going to be written by Kathy McDonald. And there's going to be a lot of truth to it. And it'll be based on uh, the last... 30 years. All right, fair enough. When's that book coming out now that we've shamelessly plugged it? When's it coming out? It's, uh... Gotta make it happen. Oh, it's gonna come out. All right. I'll wait till it graduates. Interestingly, yeah, there's, there's more chapters being written, I think. All right, fair enough. I'm gonna stick with you, Coach, with this one. Okay. Since you brought up your wife, what is the best gift you've ever given your wife for Christmas? Wow. Uh, I think the best gift that we've probably ever given each other would be just having the five kids uh, together, together all, all, all together on Christmas. Fair enough. I like that. Appreciate that. John, I'm going to you for this one. All right, since so many of the football and basketball players at West Jenny like to ask me about relationships. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this question. What is the best pickup line that you have? Um, I'd probably just go over and tell her that my friends bet me that I couldn't get your Snapchat and then she would Snapchat me out of guilt. Okay. See, I'm 32 years old and that used to be my friends bet me I couldn't get your phone number, not your Snapchat because phones used to be for other things. But yeah, I guess that, I, that works. So yeah, mine used to be I bet you can't get this phone number and then you'd have to get a phone number and actually physically call somebody. So Timmy, I'm asking you this question. We're sticking with relationships. What is the best date you've ever had? Um, no. And what would be one you'd want to go on? Anything. <laughs> Anything. Very, very simple. Anywhere. Sure. So, Afghanistan. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, fair enough. Pat, I'm going to you with this now. All right. If you had to give one piece of relationship advice to the world, what would it be? Um, uh, just be a nice guy, I guess. Be a nice guy. Yeah. All right. Well, no. Yeah. Just. Uh, respect your woman. 
respect you, woman. All right, Daniel. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice your father's ever given you about relationships? Um, uh, women are not objects. <laughs> that is a true statement. All right, Ryan. This one's for you. Since one of your teammates didn't have an answer for one that they had been on, what's the best date you've ever been on? Never been on a date. Oh, no, oh, lie. That's a lie. Uh, no. <laughs> Probably to uh, Texas Day Brazil in the mall. Texas Day Brazil. Oh, okay. How much did you eat? Did you do a good job? Yeah. I a lot, lot of food there. Yeah, there is. How long were you there? I, I don't remember. Did you start on Friday and leave on Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Daniel, if there was a movie named after your life, what would it be called? Um, uh, I have no clue. Um, yeah, I don't know. Favorite movie of all time. I'll stick with movies. Elf. <laughs> Coach, how many times does your family watch Elf during Christmas? Quite a bit. How many times does your family watch Elf in June? <laughs> I think we've done that too. Okay, all right, fair enough. Timmy, you got to give me one for this. If you had to name a movie after yourself, what would it be? I'm the man. I'm the man. Okay, who would play you? What actor? Yeah, play myself, yeah. Okay, you're going to play yourself. All right, John. One, if there was a song to describe your life, what would it be? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, no Heart by 21 Savage. <laughs> All right, okay. Ryan. Favorite movie of all time? American Sniper. American Sniper? Alright, why? Uh, I don't know. It's just I thought it was a really interesting movie. To see see all the stuff he did over in Af Afghanistan. That was pretty cool. If somebody played you in a movie, what actor would it be? Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh I don't know, some somebody that's a good actor. Alright. Anybody that's a good actor would play Ryan in a movie. Fair enough. Pat, what, if there was a song to describe your life, what would it be? Uh, um, tough one. Ah, there's a bunch, I guess. I don't know. I can't pick one. Maybe, uh... I don't know, Kodak, Kodak Black describes my life pretty well, so I'm going to Kodak Black. Alright, fair enough. Coach, if I named a movie after you, what would it be? Uh, I don't know. I spend so much time watching film, I don't get to watch movies. <laughs> Well, would you, who would you like to play you in a movie? Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. All right. 
What is your favorite Danny DeVito? I've never gotten that answer before. What is your favorite Danny DeVito movie? Oh, God. I like when he was the Penguin. That was good. Yeah. Batman Returns was a good movie. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I like Danny DeVito in Taxi. Am I dating myself? No, no. It's a classic. It's a good one. Timmy, one word to describe John is what? Interesting. Interesting. Ryan, one word to describe Daniel is what? Funny. Daniel, one word to describe Timmy is what? Protective. Protective, okay. Pat, one word to describe Ryan. The man. <laughs> the man. Why the man? He's, he's just the man, I guess. I don't know. Just, how do you describe him? All right, Coach. Every, everybody had somebody except for Pat. One word to describe Pat. Patrick is genuine. All right, fair enough. Genuine. This is going to be your final question from me. If you had to walk around with one statement above your head, like not an emoji, an actual statement, all the time, what would it be, John? One statement that everybody could see when they walk by you. I'm a two-time fantasy football champion. <laughs> two-time fantasy football champion. Is it your league or somebody else's? Uh, it's co-commissioned. I'm a co-commissioner. All right. You got to get involved in ours over here. Two-time Two-time champion? Twice in the last three years. Twice in the last three years. Okay. Yep. Who, who, was the, who was your best player? Right now? Right now. Who's your best? I mean, I got Z coming back. You got Z coming back. All right. So probably him, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Timmy, I'm going to you now. Same question that I asked John. What do you got for me? Saturdays are for the boys. What is that? Saturdays are for the boys. Saturdays are for the boys. All right. Ryan, one statement above your head all the time. Everybody can see it. What would it be? I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined by Marshawn Lynch. Okay. Daniel, what do you got for me? Um, legend, wait for it, Derry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somehow I met your mother. No, I remember that. Okay. And Pat, what's yours? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, One quote that you like? Something you live by? Um, yeah, let the legs feed the wolf, I guess. All right. Coach, what would be the quote that hangs above your head? Do the work. Do the work. Fair enough. All right. So while I'm taking you guys off the hot seat, I felt like I was, felt like I was good. I was generous. I'm going to let you guys ask me questions after this break. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Satoro with John Galimi, Timmy Wynn, head coach Frank Calabufo, as well as Ryan Smith, Pat McDonald, Daniel Calabufo, and myself, Dan Satoro. Wake Up Call, take a step aside. When we come back at the Wildcat, you guys can ask me whatever you want in just a minute. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. 
their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. The Pennon Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennon Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. The name Leeson Staggerwald is synonymous with Central New York with over 80 years of service to the community. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown is your butcher, grocery, pub, and deli located on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Minutes from the Carrier Dome in your perfect pre-gaming headquarters with Rob Drummond and myself, Dan Tortora, two hours before home games. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown, where you can dine in, take out, pre-game up on the hill with their meats or pre-game inside their walls. Lee's and Staggerwald downtown, a unique experience for every single fan and every member of the community with over eight decades of service. They're open Monday from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., Tuesday through Thursday from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m., Friday 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m., and closed on Sunday on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. All right, we're back here for round three of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here live at the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. I am joined here by the West Genesee Boys Ice Hockey Team, and first and foremost, John Galimi, Timmy Wynn, head coach Frank Calabufo, Ryan Smith, 
Pat McDonald and Daniel Calabufo. Of course, I'm Dan Tortora. You can hear the show Monday through Friday live on wakeupcalldt.com, straight to any device that you have with the internet. And of course, you can download our app as well, and all the information's here on the card. So make sure you do that. And this is the time with rapid fire to spin the other way, where I am going to give the players and head coach here the opportunity to ask me questions that I am not prepared for. And I'm going to start with Timmy. What do you got for me? You're a Jaguars fan, correct? I am a Jaguars hopeful, yes. I'm an avid Colts fan. You're an avid Colts fan, okay. So what do you think has been wrong with the Jaguars for the last 10 years? What do I think has been wrong with the Jaguars since the last time they made the playoffs in 2007-2008? Coaching. Coaching has been a big problem. I think finding the right talent. The Jacksonville had to make the right moves. And the last three drafts, they built through the draft to pick up a lot of really good key players. This year, with the offseason and in the regular season with Marcel Darius and whatnot, to pick up the guys they had, Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, Barry Church, A.J. Boye, they got the right vets. So it's getting the right people, making the right decisions at the right times, good young talent, good veterans, Blake Bortles having some faith in him. And there's this guy called Tom Coughlin who left the Giants and they're terrible and came back to Jacksonville and they're good again. So I would give it up to Tom Coughlin for a big part of that. John, what do you got for me? Um, Are you looking yours up? Yeah, I was looking <laughs> up the Jaguars roster. Okay. Who's the third string tight end? Who's the third string tight end? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mikel Rivera got injured. Mercedes Lewis is first. Aizen O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. It is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Go ahead, Pat. What do you got for me? Um, if you could go to any sporting event, what would it be? Oh, boy. Well, I've been to the NCAA Final Four twice. I would say, and it was Syracuse, 2003, or 2013 and uh, 2016. I would say the Super Bowl, hands down. Got to be the right teams, but I don't know how you turn down the Super Bowl. Daniel, what do you got for me? Where did you go on your honeymoon? <laughs> I went to two places. My wife likes the beach, and I like Disney, so we went to Clearwater Beach, and we went to Disney. And on our vacation, we extended the vacation, and we, I think we were gone for like two weeks. Wow. So it was a good time. Ryan, what do you got? If there was, if there was one person that you, could like, that you didn't know that you could meet, who would it be? One person that I didn't know that I could meet, who would it be? Do they have to be living? No. They don't have to be living, okay. Ernie Davis. Without doubt, I interviewed Jim Brown. Floyd Little is a good friend, and I've known him for, I think, seven years now. Ernie Davis is the, the only one that I'm missing. So I'm a guy that believes in God. I believe in heaven, and I hope that there's microphones in heaven so I can talk to Ernie Davis and have him on the show. What do you got for me, Frank? Jake Totora is from Victor, New York. Yeah. Uh, Played in the U.S. Development Program. He's currently a freshman at Boston College. Yeah. Are you related? I don't know if there's a Tortora that I'm not related to. So my wife is a mixture of a bunch of different things. One of them is not Italian, so that we could be confident that our children would not be born with three eyes. Because we're related to, there's the Pichafazes, the Nutzos, the Albinos, the Tortoras, 
I went to school with a girl for a couple years and my dad never told me was my cousin. She was in ninth grade, I was in twelfth. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, your, that's your cousin. You didn't know her? So, yeah, I, I said, when I met Kate, my wife, I said, what are you? And as long as it wasn't Hispanic or Italian, we were good. Because those are my two. Timmy, what do you got for me? He's going to ask me the fourth string running back for Jacks. Okay, all right. What do you got? Do you think the Colts can turn around their season like the Jaguars did this year? <laughs> do I think the Colts can turn it around? I... Stops believing, and I don't know how much of a luck fan you are. Pretty big. You're a big fan. Big fan. All right. Well, I I stop. I gotta be honest. I stopped believing in Andrew Luck last season, injury-wise and throwing interceptions and whatnot. I think that they might have to prepare themselves for a different leader. But I think when it comes down to the Colts, the writing was kind of on the wall. That's. Yeah, I think Marlon Mack's good at running back. I think he'll be good for the future. I think they got some good receivers, but defensively they have to get better. And, and can they turn it around like Jacksonville? Jacksonville's secondary was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I think the Colts need to start with the secondary and work their way inward from there. Sure. What do you got for me, John? Um, who would you want to play you in a movie? Or who would you want to interview most? Who would I want to interview most that I haven't interviewed yet? Yep. Okay. So I chose Ernie Davis, who's not here, so I'll choose somebody who is living. If I could interview anybody in the sports world, I met him, I want to say four weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, and we spoke, but nothing was on recording, so I would love to have him on the show as Bob Costas. I got to meet Bob and take a flight with him from LaGuardia back to Syracuse for the game where they honored Mike Tirico. It'd be nice to have him on the show. Brian, what do you have? Um, if you could have played one sport, major D1 in college, what would it have been? Basketball. Go ahead, Daniel. What do you got, Daniel? What are your thoughts on the movie Elf? <laughs> what are my thoughts on the movie Elf? I, I will say this with 100% truth. I was not a Will Ferrell fan of SNL. I was not a fan of Will Ferrell at all. And then I watched the movie Elf. And the second time I watched it, I became like a big Will Ferrell fan just because of that movie. So I don't think I play it as much as, as you do. But I will say that my wife and I have probably watched it two or three times already before Christmas. I don't know. All right, what do you got for me, Pat? Um, if you could meet the cast of any movie or show, who would it be? Oh, my God. The cast of The Walking Dead. I'd want to meet them, for sure. Because it, it's, I mean, to be in that world, it's, I mean, you got to think about it. It's not CGI. I mean, they're being chased by people who makeup-wise are, are made to look like they're dead. And I, I think to get into that role, you have to really be a methodical actor. You have to just believe that you're at the end of the world. So I think it would be, I, I would want to know how they kind of go to the grocery store after shooting an episode of The Walking Dead. That's what I would want to know. Frank, what do you have? Have you ever been to Shove Park? I have not been there yet. And I will be there this season. And I told you that I will be coming to a game. 
So I will be. Timmy, what do you got for me? Uh, so Ryan over there, uh, he might be seeing a girl right now. And, uh, okay. He doesn't want us to know that yet. Okay. Do you think he should tell us? So I think Ryan should tell you about his personal life. If Ryan... Well, listen, I, when it comes to matters of the heart, shall I say, I think keeping things close to the vest is important. So, you know, if, if you guys are close friends and he cares about you guys and he wants to bring somebody around, I'm sure he will. But if he doesn't want to talk about it, i got to respect that because I worked at a restaurant where everybody talked about everything and, and I never talked about my personal life. So nobody knew if I had a girlfriend, fiance, anything, and I kind of liked it that way. I knew way too much about everybody else. John, what do you got for me? Uh, what sports did you play growing up? What sports did I play? Uh, I played pickup uh, pick football all the time, and I played basketball. Basketball from seven years old through high school, and I played Little League Baseball, but I got hit by a wild pitch above my kidney. And that made me never want to play baseball again. So I kind of just played it for fun after that. What do you got for me, Pat? Um, what's your favorite NHL team? The Anaheim Ducks. What do you got for me, Dana? What's on your Christmas list? Oh, God. What is on my Christmas list? Anyway, thank. What did I put up? I put some books on it. I've been reading now. I in high school you couldn't get me to like read anything. The summer reading list and all that. And now I like to read. So I guess there's there's some books on there. I I mean in all honesty I'd like to take a trip. I really I've never been on a cruise. So I would like to instead of getting a bunch of gifts I like my wife and I to just go on a cruise somewhere. What do you got for me, Ryan? Uh, who do you think the smartest person at this table is? Yeah, out, of, out of the kids. Okay. I was going to say, it's got to be Coach. Uh, out, of the, out of you guys, who's the smartest? I think it's a collective, because you've all asked me some interesting questions. So I'm not saying that politically. I think you all have different personalities. I think that that helps the team out. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to give everybody, we're going to do uh, two more questions. I'm going to go to Timmy. What do you got? Who's your favorite WWE superstar? John Cena, and I met him, and he's a really nice guy. John Cena, he's, this is, a, John Cena's a big Boston Celtics fan. And they were at the Amway Arena, not the Amway Center. John Cena was there watching a the game, it was a playoff game. And it was the Magic up against the Celtics. And I was on crutches at the time, covering the game. And I had done something, to, oh, I had injured my knee. And... So I came down, and one of the girls, she's a photographer, she's like, John's still on the court. Why don't we go meet him? And I was like, can we do that? Because we still had our media badges and all that. And she was like, yeah, yeah, come on the court. Who cares? So we walked out, and I went over. I stood on the court, and I saw John, and she was telling him, hey, can you come over? And John waves over to me, and he's like, hey, come over here. And I kind of showed him I was on crutches, and he had some people asking for autographs. So he signed some autographs, and then he looked at me again. He's like, come on, come over. And then he, and he saw me. And I kind of was like, you know what, I don't, because I had to step down and then go up into the bleachers. I was like, it's cool, you don't have to. He got up, walked over to me, and he said, you're good, my man. He told everybody to wait, walked onto the court. He said, I saw you on the crutches. I didn't want you to have to come over to me. I can come to you. And I was like, well, that's, I said, you're, you're the famous one. I was like, I'm just 
just we were doing the game. So it was nice of him, and I thanked him for that, and he said, well, this is what you do. John Cena is, he's a very nice guy, and if you've ever watched anything about how he treats fans, it's always nice to know that if you're a fan of somebody, if they're actually a good person, and Cena's, Cena's top-notch guy. He's a good guy. What do you have for me, John? Uh, favorite place to be. Favorite place to be? That you've already been. That I've already been. I would say at home with my wife. Really honest. What do you got for me, Pat? Uh, who's, who's the coolest person you've ever talked to or, or met? The coolest person I've ever talked to or met. Oh, God. Oh, boy, this is tough. I would have to say, and it's not somebody I interviewed, my grandmother <coughs> lived to be, my, my mom's mom, she lived to be a hundred and a half years old. She just passed away this past June. And I call her G-Mama for short. She, by far, is every single thing that I want to be as a human being. And when she had pneumonia in the hospital at 100, they, I had a bunch of people asking about her, and they're like, well, how's she in the hospital? You know, is she doing okay? Is she sleeping a lot? What's she doing? I said, when I walked into the hospital, she sang to me. My mom asked her to take a picture, and she had been sleeping. She popped right up, turned, and looked and smiled. And my dad looked at my mom, and he said, you know, she's so, and my mom cut him off and said, different when Daniel's here. And we always had a really close bond, so I don't think anybody can top my grandmother. What do you got for me, Daniel? Um, what's your favorite restaurant in Camillus? Wildcat. That's an easy one. I'm not saying that because I'm here. Danny knows if Danny's somewhere in here. I was here eating yesterday watching the game, so it's a Wildcat. All right. So one thing, and Coach, what's your second to last question? What do you have for me here? Do you think that college hockey is viable at Syracuse University? <laughs> I think it's about time. And I would also like to see baseball return to Syracuse as well. Ryan, what is your final question? What are your opinions on Kevin Durant joining the Warriors? I think that Kevin Durant did everything that he could with Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook, as good as he is, he likes to have the ball in his hands. And I think with Kevin Durant dealing with Russell, and then having Russell, and for a short time, James Harden as well, he knocked on the door of winning a championship. It wasn't working out, so he went somewhere where he felt like he could get a ring, and who wouldn't do that? So I don't knock him for that at all. Timmy, what do you have? What's your final question? Do you think the Yankees are going to win the World Series next year? I think, uh, first of all, I'm really upset that the Yankees got rid of their manager, but <clears throat> do I think the Yankees will win the World Series next year? I think they made a lot of good moves, a lot of good splashes. They finally kept some young talent around, which was nice. So I definitely would not be surprised to see them in the World Series. I think the Yankees may be back. What's your final question, John? Uh, best spo sports moment you've watched live? The 2003 Final Four and National Championship. And the block, everybody talks about Carmelo Anthony. But if Hakeem Warwick didn't block that shot in the corner, it's a tie game going into overtime. So, 2003. But I would also say 1996, because Cuse is in the house, oh my God, by John Wallace and Otis Hill and all those guys, Lazarus Sims. To watch that as a kid, I was 11 years old, 
and to now call each of those guys a friend is really surreal and John Wallace was my favorite player and it's one thing to be on the edge of your seat as a child and then when you're hanging out with John Wallace and just talking to him like we're talking now it, it makes life it makes you realize that anybody tells you you can't do something just nod your head say okay that's your opinion and then go do it what's your final question Daniel um, how long have you been married <laughs> almost four years Congrats. Thank you. Pat, what's your final question? Um, who's your favorite singer or band? Journey for a band. Singer? Oh boy. This is Hannah tough. Who's that? Hannah Montana. It is not Hannah Montana. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, who would it be? My favorite individual singer. This is, this is difficult. I really like Phil Collins. I gotta go oldie on that one. I like Phil Collins. All right, Frank, what's your final question for me? What What makes you? Uh, so you work for ESPN. You work for you work for a lot of yeah ESPN Fox. And then took over the company almost six years ago. And today you're here in Camillus, New York at the Wildcat hanging out with some high school hockey players. Why? <laughs> you know, out of all the questions I've been asked, that's an easy one. And the answer is, I know what it's like to be the redheaded stepchild, you know, so to speak. The guy at ESPN, whether it was in Scranton or Syracuse or Orlando, that was a new guy to work with Fox and Scout, to work at Yahoo. And I always wanted to start my own company. I wanted to do it at 30. I did it at 26. And the reason why I did it was because I wanted to be different. I wanted to cover West Genesee. I wanted to cover, you know, Lemoyne and Oswego and OCC and, and Syracuse too, but a little bit of everything. And I kind of wanted to make my own road, but I also wanted to give opportunity to young men and women that wanted to, you know, get some experience. And I found it very, very hard to get experience uh, when I was coming through. Everybody asked you to have experience out of college, but nobody wanted to give it to you. So I wanted to be an avenue that was based in morals and values, telling the truth, doing things the right way. God forbid being a member of the media that cared about people. And, you know, so why am I here with West Genesee? Because there's no other place I'd rather be. My grandmother told me to treat people with respect, and I don't believe that there's anybody in this world that doesn't have a story to tell. So whether it's West Jenny or anybody else in this community, it's, it's something that's honorable for me to be a part of this and be a part of this. Before I finish up, I think, I think it's only fair to say that's this is the first time that I've been with you guys here, but I will now be wearing this hat a lot more often. I will be wearing it to one of your upcoming games, and I think it's fair to say that West Genesee has sold me. What do you think, folks? Should I should I be a fan of West Genesee? What is maybe? Yeah, I should. I have a coach that's about to get 400. I think so. So for John Galimi, Timmy Wynn, head coach Frank Calabufo. Ryan Smith, Pat McDonald, and Daniel Calabufo, 
I am Dan Satora. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Listen Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 on wakeupcalldt.com. Thank you to the Wildcat Sports Pub, and thank you to you in the community. One more time, give yourselves a round of applause because you deserve it more than I do. Thank you so much for coming out. Have yourselves a good night, and we are here every single month. And Coach, what do you think? You coming back here and hanging out with us again? Uh, we appreciate uh, we appreciate you having us on and uh, giving the kids an opportunity to to, uh, to share the night with you. I appreciate it. Look forward to having you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good night, folks. This is a wake up call. Fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. How about those West Genesee boys ice hockey players? I'm giving them a round of applause and giving them some appreciation for being a part of the show to the families, to the friends, to the fellow students, the peers, everybody that uh, that cares about these young men, to Frank Calabufo, who got a win in the game last night in overtime, and so he now has 398 all-time wins with West Genesee. He is two away from 400. You can make sure that I'll be paying close attention to that and bringing you a special story when that happens. So big thank you to Frank Calabufo as well as his son who's on the team, Daniel Calabufo, and Ryan Smith, Pat McDonald, the captain, John Galimi, and Timmy Wynn. Thank you to all of you young men for being a part of the show and thank you to Frank Calabufo for being a part of the show as well. And thank you to everybody that showed up at the Wildcat Sports Pub. Like I said, we've done some events there. Uh, the Wildcat, Danny Tome, Heather Tome, and I feel it's very important for the Wildcat Sports Pub right down the road from West Genesee High School to be a place where West Genesee families and, you know, families in general everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter who you support, but for the West Genesee community and Camillus and Marcellus and that whole area and just 
people who have been to West Genesee, who are alumni of West Genesee, who are current students, current families there, current players, former players, whatever it may be, future players and future families, that we want them to have something special, a very special broadcast that's dedicated to them. And so every month we have worked very diligently to bring these to you. And we have had the football team out. I want to thank Joe Corley and the and the players. I want to thank the basketball team with Fred Kent and his players. And, of course, I want to thank Frank Calabufo again and his athletes for coming out to the broadcast and bringing what we had in our minds to life and bringing this event that's dedicated to the community to life. I want to thank you so much for that, and 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 I truly appreciate it. So thank you for all that you have done, and thank you for being a part of the broadcast. And we can't wait to see you again in January. So we got a show coming up every single month at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. We'll have another one coming up in January, and we can't wait to see you there. That was the first part of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across <clears throat> from Destiny USA. And they are catering the Tortora Christmas Party. I'm doing a nice Christmas party for the companies that I work with, and it's being brought to you by the Market Diner. Getting some nice baked ziti and salad from the Market Diner, and can't wait to have the party up tonight. Our Christmas party here on December 20th. Perfect time to have the party because it can be in celebration of National Signing Day in the early signing period here for the Syracuse Orange as well. So, Totora Christmas Party, Signing Day Special, all seem to go hand in hand. I like it, and, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's an awesome way to kind of marry it all together. And with that being said, coming up here in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, it is my absolute pleasure to bring to you an update on National Signing Day and who has signed of the Syracuse commits for the 2018 season. Gabe Horan, who's been on the show many times, and we've done a couple engagements at Sammy Malone's on 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, an amazing place for you to go to. Gabe and I sat down multiple times, like I said. He's been on the show a bunch of times, and he has officially signed with Syracuse out of Charles W. Baker High School in Baldwinsville, New York, at the tight end position. Trill Williams, the corner coming into Syracuse from Archbishop Stepanak in White Plains, New York. He has officially signed on with the Syracuse Orange today in this early signing period. Also signed on is Cooper Lutz, wide receiver out of Berks Catholic in Reading, Pennsylvania. Been to Reading before. Juan Wallace has signed on inside linebacker from IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. He is officially orange. Anthony Queeley, wide receiver from Lake Nona in Orlando, Florida, has signed on. Will Fromey from Exeter High School in Exeter, New Hampshire, the offensive tackle, has signed on. Taj Harris, wide receiver from Palmyra, New Jersey, Palmyra High School, has signed with Syracuse. Ed Hendricks, the former teammate of Juan Wallace from Woodson in Washington, D.C., he has signed on with Syracuse. Cameron Jonas, the free safety, strong safety from Dwyer in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, has signed with Syracuse on today's early signing period, a Wednesday, December 20th. Typically, National Signing Day is that first full week in February, that first Wednesday in February in the full week of February. So if February starts on a Saturday, then it would be that following Wednesday. Now we have the early signing period of December 20th, this, this Wednesday here before Christmas. And so I'm reading off to you all the players that have said yes. Uh, Kadir White from Cardinal Hayes in Bronx, New York, offensive tackle, 
He's coming to Syracuse and has officially signed on. Andre Sisco from IMG Academy, teammate of Juan Wallace <clears throat> this past season. The safety has signed. Trey Allison from John Tyler in Tyler, Texas, outside linebacker, has signed on. Lakeem Williams, outside linebacker, or I should say inside linebacker, pardon me, from Butte College in Oroville, California. Juco transfer who will have two seasons of eligibility with Syracuse has signed on. And Carlos Vettorello, the offensive guard from the University of Detroit Jesuit in Detroit, Michigan, has officially signed his name on the dotted line. That leaves only Tyrone Sampson Jr., Jaquiria Smith, as well as Akeem Dixon and Jawar Jordan as the only players that have not signed on to Syracuse in the early signing period of the 18 verbal commits they had. So 14 of their 18 verbals have become officials signing on the dotted line this morning on National Signing Day, early signing period of December 20th. So a big shout out to all of the gentlemen in the third signing class, third recruiting class of Dino Babers. He has gotten 14 of his 18 verbal commits to sign on the dotted line in the early signing period. Not waiting till February, doing it here before the end of the year, before the new year comes. He has gotten 14 of his 18 to make it official official, signing their national letter of intent. And that is an amazing feat for Syracuse, who is coming off of back-to-back four and eight seasons under Dino Babers, back-to-back seasons where they were two and six in the ACC. So to sell this vision and to sell this belief, obviously people are buying, they're believing in it, they're believing in Dino Babers, and they're believing in what he can bring forward with his staff and with this team, and they have said yes. So big ups to Dino for not only pulling in 18 verbal commits so far, but to getting these kids sign on 14 of the 18. I mean, this is this is basically National Signing Day of February. You know, when you get all those verbals to say yes right now, that's huge. That's that's extremely huge. So for Syracuse, this was a big win for them today, and we'll see where they go from here with the rest of the guys that are yet to sign. Like I said, uh, still waiting on a few. They are waiting on, uh, you know, want to know kind of what's going to happen with Jawar Jordan, Akeem Dixon, Jaquirius Smith, and Tyrone Sampson Jr. Now, again, they don't all have to sign today, and some of them won't, but it's just kind of on notice because I know fans get a little bit nervous and concerned if somebody isn't signing today. So just kind of take a breather, take a moment, and understand that some of these players are not going to sign on the dotted line today, but they have committed verbally to Syracuse. Trill Williams, as well as Juan Wallace Jr., Dre Sisco, and Lakeem Williams have all joined me in National Signing Day specials. You can listen to those by going to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. You could go to wakeupcalldt.com and scroll down the homepage, and you'll find it in... I have a uh, kind of a library of shows that play automatically on the bottom. So if you just go to wakeupcalldt.com under what's happening, you will see all of my, you'll see the last 10 shows that I aired. And so those last 10 shows are available to you, including the National Signing Day specials with Trill Williams, Juan Wallace Jr., Dre Sisko, and Lakeem Williams. You can also get these broadcasts by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the RSS feed, the Wake Up Call DT show app available on Podbean or the podcast available on iTunes. So you can go to wakeupcalldt.com and click on 
any of those, RSS feed, the show app on Podbean, the podcast on iTunes, or you could just scroll down to what's happening and listen to them right there as they stay in the top 10 most recent shows that I have done. Or you could just go directly to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com or you could go on Twitter at CallDT or Facebook at WakeUpCallDT and you could follow the links there. So I just gave you 700 different ways to listen to the shows. No excuses, no apologies. Just make it happen. So get out there and listen in to the show and make sure you jump on it right now to listen into these broadcasts. Like I said, the first four general gentlemen joining me on today's National Signing Day special are Lakeem Williams, Dre Cisco, Juan Wallace Jr., and Trill Williams. So make sure you're listening into my broadcast with each of those gentlemen here on the early signing day period. I appreciate you tuning in and I appreciate you being a part of the show. So thank you so much for that. This is a huge, huge day, huge day for Syracuse. Like I said, it's one thing to get your 18 verbals. It's another thing to have all those 18, to have 14 of those 18 verbals say yes to Syracuse, sign on the dotted line, and do it now in the early signing period. So a very busy morning. It's only 10.37 in the a.m., and Syracuse has had 14 national letters of intent signed and sent back in. And somebody had asked, do you still use a fax machine? You know, do these do these teams still use a fax machine? And I feel like you should always use a fax machine. I don't care if hoverboards become a reality and that I don't need a chair anymore and I can just like hover in, you know, hover in the air while I'm doing the show. I still want people to use a fax machine because when I first started in the world of broadcasting and I was working, uh, also working as an account executive in Scranton, Pennsylvania, I had the opportunity to, you know, I mean, obviously working with people, you're getting faxes and whatnot. And I got to send out faxes, and it was just a really cool thing for me. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I found worth in it. So I feel like this should always be a thing to do. I feel like it should always be a part of our history. We should always have faxes. So I'm down with it. Should they still use them? Absolutely, yes. We have to keep some of our nostalgia alive. And if you've realized anything about society, it's nostalgia that consistently brings us back to things that we care about. I mean, it's the truth of the matter. I mean, look at it. Look at vinyl records. Vinyl records were a thing of the past. They were yesterday. People were selling them and getting rid of them. And now all of a sudden, they're back out. You can buy them. People want them. They want to have them. They're sad that they got rid of them in the past. I hold on to the stuff that I care about because whether it's in season or out of season, whether it's something that people care about now or they cared about yesterday, I care about it. And, uh, and things always are cyclical and they always seem to come back around. So find your love for it, appreciate it, and have a good time with it, just like I do here and uh, currently reposting to you all the information for all those interviews. But this has been, this has been a huge morning and that's why I kind of wanted to leave this time period open in the show, uh, the last half hour of the show, because I knew that things could get a little bit crazy and a little bit interesting here in the broadcast because of the fact that, you know, people yeah, people are signing their national letters of intent. They're saying yes to Syracuse and they're starting the future off for the orange, which is which is huge. You know, so for me, this is a, a very big day because I cover all these guys. And so this is gonna be, you know, a proud moment for Syracuse and it's gonna be a, a busy day for me. 
But, you know, I applaud that and I welcome that and I appreciate that and I have fun doing it because, you know, for me, it's exciting. For me, these are these are the big moments. This is the future of what Syracuse is going to look like. It's Dino Baber's third recruiting class. Now, mind you, his first class, he had to bring in very rapidly uh, when he came and took the job at Syracuse. He didn't have too much time, but technically, that was his first class. He kept four of the players that Scott Schaefer had of the 22. He kept four of them. He kept cornerback Scoop Bradshaw, who's been a starter. He kept... Rex Culpepper, who got some playing time at quarterback this season. He kept Mo Neal, who has been in the... I mean, you could basically call him a starter. He plays in rotation pretty much every single game. He kept Sam Heckel, who's been on the line as an offensive lineman. And, you know, so to look at Scoop Bradshaw, Mo Neal, Rex Culpepper, and Sam Heckel, those are the only four that he had kept of the 22 that, that Babers and his staff had got to verbally commit to Syracuse. So he had to start a whole new class in a very short amount of time, you know, and obviously he goes back to some of those people that he had reached out to before. And, you know, he's made those connections with that maybe said no to him when he was at Bowling Green, but now are saying yes. So that's pretty cool and pretty amazing. So they had done that in the first year. And then last year was officially his year. And I want to go back to what he took this past season if we can go to that in 2017 who he brought in i'm going to go back to that on my website if you ever want to check anything out go to wakeupcalldt.com to the cuse tab at the top of the page and click on syracuse football underneath that or you can scroll down on wakeupcalldt.com and go to quick links to syracuse football or you can go to wakeupcalldt.webs.com backslash syracuse dash football directly so last year, he brought in Tommy DeVito at quarterback. He brought in Sherrod Johnson at wide receiver with Nikeem Johnson and Cameron Jordan and Russell Thompson Bishop. Brought in all of those wide receivers onto the team. He brought in McKelty Williams at safety. He brought in Brandon Berry, who was using rotation this past season on the defensive line. He brought in Chris Elmore as a D tackle, moved him to fullback. He brought in Ravion Pierce. And the question was, is Syracuse going to ever use the tight end in the offense again? And Ravion Pierce answered that question with a resounding yes. Ryan Guthrie, he brought in as an outside linebacker, Juco transfer. Markenzie Pierre came in at running back, played a little bit in the beginning of the season. Kingsley Jonathan got out there at the defensive end position. Pat Davis came on as an offensive guard and was and has been held as a reserve. Curtis Harper at D-tackle, reserve. Aaron Hackett at tight end, a reserve. Nadarius Fagan at outside linebacker. Kadeem Trotter at outside linebacker. Ifatu Melifonwu, the younger brother of Obi Melifonwu, who played at UConn and is now playing for the Oakland Raiders, was drafted early on in the draft this past, in this past draft of 2017. Ifatu on the team. Alan Stritzinger, cornerback, was brought in. Eric Coley was brought in as an athlete from Fayetteville Manlius, whose stepdad is on the team, Vincent Reynolds. And then Dakota Davis was brought in as an offensive tackle. Tyrell Richards was brought in as an outside linebacker. Zach Morton was brought in as a DN. I mean, you look at the history of where Syracuse has been recently, and they have leaned on, Schaefer leaned on them, and so did Babers. They leaned on the linebacker core of middle linebacker Zaire Franklin and the outside linebackers Paris Bennett and Jonathan Thomas. And so you say, well, what's the future hold? 
Well, Tyrell Richards was brought in last season. Kadeem Trotter was brought in. Nadarius Fagan was brought in. All these guys that I just named off, Ryan Guthrie was brought in. So you have those four players that were brought in, and on top of them, you bring in Trey Allison at outside linebacker, Lakeem Williams as an inside linebacker, and Juan Wallace Jr. as an inside linebacker. So essentially, you bring in seven players to try and create depth in a place that needs a whole lot of help right now. A whole lot of help right now. And where they go from here is is really up to these guys. Where they go from here is up to these gentlemen and how they want to move forward from this moment. I mean, it's it's up to where they go. And so this is a huge, huge opportunity for Syracuse. So for those of you that are looking and you're concerned at the fact of, you know, Syracuse maybe bringing in a lot of offensive players, you have to look at what Dino brought in as reserves last year, how many linebackers he had brought on to the team last season that we haven't seen yet, corners and safeties that he brought in, tight end that he brought in. I mean, just looking at the depth that he is trying to build on from last season, that were redshirt freshmen or played sparingly into this season, bringing in Ed Hendricks, Todd Harris, or Taj Harris, Anthony Queeley, and Cooper Lutz, four more wide receivers to go with the four wide receivers he brought in last season, Gabe Horan to go with Aaron Hackett at the tight end position to build some depth there, to Tyrone Sampson Jr. to help them out at the center position, to Trill Williams to help them at corner as they look to improve, to the safety depth, which which needs a lot of help, bringing in Cameron Jonas and Andre Cisco this season. You know, just looking at everybody that's coming onto this team and getting a few offensive linemen and Will Fromey and Carlos Vetterello, getting some help there with Tyrone Sampson Jr. To Jawar Jordan at the running back position and Akeem Dixon coming in as a running back as well to build off of Markenzie Pierre, who came onto the team last season and maybe some guys that can move into into the position if Dino wants to move a few players around here and there. So, I mean, in all honesty, this is this is huge. Building depth over the last two seasons has been essential for this team and essential for the future of Dino. He's been the head coach for two years. He technically has three recruiting classes, this being the third. And I always say that you have to give a coach an entire team that's just his in order to truly see what he can do. Bring in his people. So this is recruiting class number three. Next year, 2019, is recruiting class number four. And so then by 2020, essentially, if you want to make it uh, something that is both literal and figurative, hindsight is 2020. By 2020, Syracuse should know if they made the right decision. And in all honesty, people want to play for this guy. And they're pulling in players that the other staff might not have gotten, you know. So as much as they lost some players that the other staff had, they have now signed on some players that are looking to come into this team and and make a splash. And these are Dino's guys. These are Dino's players. Now, Sean Lewis has the co-offensive coordinator with Mike Lynch. He's no longer with the team anymore. He has decided to go to Kent State and become their head coach. And why not? You know what I mean? I mean, why would you turn down an offer? Their, their co-offensive coordinator will now be the head coach at Kent State. The thing about it is you have a co-offensive coordinator, though, right? So you, you're not losing your OC. You're losing a piece of your OC. And that is, you know, so that makes it a little bit lighter, so to speak. 
not to undercut the work that Sean Lewis is doing, but for Syracuse's sake, they lose one and not both, which is a peaceful opportunity to transition and not have to worry about, okay, we have to get a new offensive coordinator. Who's going to carry this mindset? Who's going to know what Dino wants to do? Oh my gosh, the team's going to have to start over in, in Dino's third season, and they're already 4-8 and eight in back-to-back years. That's not the case. Now, if Dino wants to bring in somebody, he most certainly can to fill the spot. And as as you know, or maybe don't know, this year the ACC and you know college football in general is expanding to 10 assistant coaches, which means that Dino has two spots to fill. He can bring in another assistant, and he can bring in another offensive coordinator to help him run his offense. Or he can put the guy wherever he wants to put him. He can have a co-defensive coordinator, have somebody help out Brian Ward that maybe has other thoughts, maybe has uh, other schematics, maybe has ways to, to make this defense work a little bit better than it has. Whatever it may be, Syracuse could use all the help they can get defensively and so it would be nice to see them take some time with that I mean Brian Ward he's somebody that people respect and appreciate and you're obviously going to hear him in in, in interviews or you're going to hear guys talk about him in interviews with me about uh, their appreciation of him it's just that this Tampa 2 defense just has not worked and it doesn't seem to do anything to halt the ACC it seems like in moments it, it, it works, but overall it hasn't been something that has been a positive. The offense has been positive, but you're not going to outscore Florida State and Clemson and Louisville every single season. It might be hard to do it once. So that's something that Syracuse has to look at in the future. And like I said, I'm never going to ask for somebody to get rid of somebody. I'm not going to ask coach and say, oh, you need to fire this guy. He's garbage, yada, yada, yada. I don't think that way. I don't act that way. And I wouldn't want people to say that about me. What I will tell you is that I feel like this this team definitely needs some help in that area. So it would be nice to see Syracuse bring somebody in, get some get some help on the defensive side of the ball. Like I said, get somebody who is who is going to maybe create some havoc, have different nuances, different pieces of a Tampa 2, or maybe they can mix a Tampa 2 with another defense because as of right now, you know, I, I feel like Syracuse's defensive scheme could be better. And you're seeing these guys leave. You're seeing Davon Ellison and Cordell Hudson leave. And, you know, even though Zaire Franklin did really well, I feel like Schaefer's attack defense was going to, you know, provide a lot more numbers for him and for Paris and for Jonathan and for, you know, the entire defensive unit. So, you know, the safeties in the corners getting sacks, the defensive linemen being able to blitz on almost every play. You know, you saw what it did for Middle Tennessee, and not only did it work against Syracuse in a victory, but Schaefer's defense helped Middle Tennessee to get to a bowl game and fend off their adversary in the bowl game to win a bowl game. So Schaefer takes a year off. He goes to Middle Tennessee. His defense beats his old team of Syracuse in Syracuse, then he goes to a bowl game and then helps the team win the bowl game. I don't think Schaefer could have had a better weekend this past weekend. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing for him. And a big congrats to Scott Schaefer on that. So I think defensively, it's just keying in on getting the right players, getting the players that, that Babers wants and teaching those guys from day zero what his expectations are. And then kind of just going from there. But, you know, it would be nice to see 
an increase in the attack. I don't like read and react defenses. I like attack defenses. So I have nothing against Brian Ward. I have respect for Brian Ward as a human being doing a job that very few can. And I just would like to see this this defense create some more plays and, you know, and obviously create some more havoc against teams that they have to go up against because Syracuse is not just playing conference games against tough conference opponents. They're playing some of the best teams in the country. And I mean, hands down, Boston College has gotten better. Wake Forest has gotten better. Louisville has gotten better. NC State has gotten better. Those are all the teams that you're supposed to be able to beat. And then you have to go through Clemson and Florida State, who are good every single year, and Clemson, who's the reigning national champion. So, you know, there's a lot of respect for all of the all of the teams in the ACC and inside of the Atlantic Division alone. So Syracuse's defense has to demand that respect in turn. The offense is getting respect. It's about the defense pulling that in. So hopefully guys like Trill Williams and you know can help and Juan Wallace Jr. and Lakeem Williams and Andre Cisco, who have all been a part of the show and joined me for National Signing Day specials, can help out in that area. Once again, you can get to those links on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at CallDT, and on WakeUpCallDT.com by scrolling down to what's happening on the homepage or by clicking on the RSS feed, the Podbean podcast, and the iTunes podcast. So any of those are going to give you what you need. And thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I want to make a quick note here before we wrap things up about Syracuse basketball's game against Buffalo yesterday. This this was a game, folks, okay? And the thing about this, and if you didn't if you didn't come out to Lees and Stagwald, you missed out on a great opportunity to speak with Dale Shackelford, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alumni, and myself, Dan Tatora, about this game and about what was coming up. There was no cakewalk for Buffalo, okay? I want to bring you into this Buffalo game and show you who Buffalo truly is. So before we get into brass tacks up against Syracuse, let's look at what Buffalo was coming into the matchup. They statistically have six players who average double figures, okay? Six who average double figures. C.J. Massenburg, their best shooter, Wes Clark, Nick Perkins, Jeremy Harris, Dante Carruthers, and Devontae Jordan. Akina Smith, or Akina Smart, pardon me, in two games is averaging seven points and four rebounds. He was involved in this one. Javon Graves hit some shots. James Reese hit a late shot that helped out the team. C.J. Massenburg was everything that you saw he would be on a stat sheet. Wes Clark hit some big-time shots. He Now listen, Wes Clark only played in one game this season, and that was a game against Syracuse. He played in 34 minutes, had 15 points, six assists. So you look at his average of double digits. The guy who had been averaging double digits uh, from one game is only... But th- this is the crazy thing. Devontae Jordan, Jeremy Harris, Nick Perkins, and C.J. Massenburg had played in all 11 games for Buffalo. Wes Clark, this was his first game this season. Dante Carruthers, this was his seventh game this season. And Akena Smart was, you know, this was the second game that that he was going up with in this matchup. So, you know, for me, and pardon me, uh, Dante Carruthers did not play in this game. So it was, he he's only played in seven games this season. So for Smart, game number two. For Clark, game number one. Clark and Smart were huge in this. Clark hit a big time shot down the stretch and hit shots throughout the game, had 15 points in the game. I mean, this is a very, very tough matchup. Clark was in the starting lineup. He was 6 of 13, 3 of 8 from 3. 
He had six assists and 15 points, but he did have six turnovers in the game. C.J. Massenburg was only two for 13 from the field, but nine of nine at the charity stripe had 14 points in the game, eight rebounds total, three assists, two steals, only two turnovers in the game. Smart in 15 minutes gave two points, but did have a block and a couple rebounds. Jeremy Harris, who did some good things toward the end, he had eight points in the game. Jordan had six points in the game. Perkins off the bench, 30 minutes, eight for 18 from the field. He hit a three-point shot as a big man, had seven rebounds, had one turnover, two blocks, and 18 points in the game. Graves came off the bench, had eight points in 17 minutes. Reese had three points in four minutes. You know, their bench of their five guys, their their bench of five offered them, in this game alone, offered them 29 points. 29 points off their bench. Syracuse's bench had eight points. And obviously Syracuse's bench is not as deep. And Barama Sidibe has been hampered by injury, so he did not play in this game. As Beheim said after the game, Barama told him he was ready to go. He told him that he felt good. But obviously Jim doesn't feel like he's there yet. You know, he said Barama wants to play, but he just doesn't feel like Barama's ready to play. So he didn't play Barama. And I can understand that, and I can respect that. So... You know, you want to make sure that your players are in good health because if you play them today for this game and they're not at 100%, you could lose them for the next 5-10 games. And why do something like that and put yourself in that position? So, you know, Syracuse's bench, they were able to do a few things. Mark, Mark, you know, Mark Dolajai, he's in 19 minutes, four, rebound, or, uh, four rebounds altogether, two assists, one steal, no turnover, six points. This man shows up. All over the stat sheet. All over the stat sheet. Frank Howard, 18 points in 35 minutes. He had five turnovers in this game, but he had four assists in the game, grabbed a couple rebounds. He was three of four from three point, and that was one area that I was saying, you know, could improve for him on his jump shot. His jump shot's gotten better, but he needed to improve from three point. He went 75% in this game, six for 11 overall. Tyus Battle, 13 points, relatively quiet in 40 minutes. Four for eight from the field, one for three from three-point range. He had three turnovers in the game. He had four steals, though, so he grabbed those back plus one. Pascal Chukwu had to play in 37 minutes of this game without Barama. He had five points in the game, but he came down with five rebounds and eight big-time blocks. Big issue with Pascal, can't put the ball on the ground. Can't put the ball on the ground. Big guys, you know, always get into trouble where they take a pass or they grab a rebound and they go to put the and they look down because the timing that it takes for their arms to get all the way down and put the ball on the ground there I mean you got to think about it because it's a big person there is a lot there's a there's a lot of <laughs> it's not as easy right I'm 5 foot 8 I could dribble that ball real low to the ground because I'm low to the ground but for him it's a lot more difficult and when he brings that ball down it gets stolen away by guards all the time including in this game he's got to minimize those chances. He's got to keep the ball up high, grab those rebounds, pass them out, grab those rebounds, go right back up with it. But eight blocks in this game, he accounted for every block that Syracuse had. He had more blocks than the entire Buffalo team. Buffalo played 10 players. They had three blocks. Pascal had eight by himself. Insanity. O'Shea Brissett, the man who is the ACC rookie, reigning rookie of the week, 
36 minutes, 25 points in this game, one turnover, two fouls, three steals, three assists, eight rebounds. Boy went to work from the charity stripe, 16 for 16 from the charity stripe. How about this with Matthew Moyer? Six for 12 from the field, 50%, 12 points in 25 minutes. Nine rebounds, was one away from a double-double. If he didn't fall on his head in the second half, could have been different. One turnover in the game, one personal foul, stayed out of trouble. And like I said, you know, he had he had 10 points, eight rebounds in the first half alone. Then he added two points and a rebound in the second half, fell on his head, and, you know, he only, he only plays in 25 minutes in the game. Hopefully he's doing better. I did talk to him after the game, seemed okay, seemed with it. But Matthew Moyer, you know, this is, again, Another sighting of Matthew Moyer getting some offense going, and it hasn't been consistent. It's been, you know, it's it's been it's literally been this pattern that has been double-digit scoring game, two games quiet, double-digit scoring game, two games quiet, double-digit scoring game. He did it against Toledo with 11, then had none against Maryland, none against Kansas, 18 against UConn, none, none against Colgate, six against Georgetown, 12 against Buffalo. So the pattern would say that he would be quiet in the next two, but hopefully for Syracuse fans and for the Syracuse team and for a man who's fighting very hard and working very diligently in Matthew Moyer, he doesn't want to have good game, quiet, quiet, good game, quiet, quiet, good game, quiet, quiet. He wants to make this next one another double digit, and I'm sure he wants that double-double. And it's not about personal things. It's about going to work. And so I'm not saying he wants to just help himself. I'm saying Matt, Matt Moyer's hungry. He's hungry. When, yeah, when I talk to this man in the locker room, I mean, it's all love, it's all respect, and it's hunger. He wants this game to be his. He wants to go out and take it. It's mine. Give it to me. So, like he said, I can't come out quiet. I can't come out kind of meek. I got to come out like I'm a boss, and I'm a dog, and I'm going to go get what I want to get, and I'm going to make it happen. He did that against Buffalo. He did that against UConn. He did that against Toledo, and he obviously wants to make that more of an every single week thing. Because like they say, or every single game thing. Because like Dale Shackelford said, every dog has its day. <clears throat> well, Matthew Moyer wants that to be every day for the dog and him. So he's about to go to work in this next game against St. Bonaventure coming up here. Frank Howard, you know, I got to say, Frank Howard, man, this guy showing leadership. I've taken some things away from Frank Howard that I really like and I really appreciate and I really respect. Tyus Battle got called for an offensive foul late in the game. And, and uh, Frank Howard went right over to him, and he just kind of tugged on his... He walked by him, and he just kind of tugged on his jersey. He just gave him a little tug, and it was like, hey, man. He just grabbed the jersey, and he was like, hey, this is enough. And it was enough, and it worked. You know, he's done that in other games. He did it in the Georgetown game, I think, when O'Shea Brissett was shooting free throws. He went and spoke to him in between. You know, and these it's these little moments that Frank is doing that I'm catching up on that are really showing, you know, his leadership. Speaking of of leadership and scoring, Frank Howard was never the guy as a freshman or a sophomore that people were looking to to score the ball. It was Malachi Richardson. It was Tyler Lydon. It was John Gillen. It was it was every it was it was on it was everybody else. It was everybody else. Andrew White the third. Torian Thompson. But this year, Frankie's got to do it, and he has. The team has played 11 games this season. Frank Howard has had double digits in 9 of 11 games. Cornell, he had 9. UConn, he had 5. 
against Iona, 15, Texas Southern, 12, Oakland, 18, Toledo, 25, Maryland, 15, Kansas, 15, Colgate, 18, Georgetown, 19, Buffalo, 18. This man is a consistent scorer, and he's, look at what he's doing. The last three games, he shot 50% or better. 50% against Colgate, 50% against Georgetown, 54.5% against Buffalo, including 75% for three-point range after going one for 13 in the last three games. One for 13 in three games combined, and then three for four against Buffalo. So, you know, you see people trending up. Yes, Frank has to minimize his turnovers. Yes, that's a glaring issue. Yes, he's had five or more in the last four games. And he's had five or more in five of the t- of the 11 games this season. So, yeah, he has to minimize his turnovers. And turnovers in general turn into two easy buckets for Buffalo, surging to come back late in this game. Buffalo made this a game. Buffalo made this game fun. And you know what? To the Buffalo fans that showed up, shout out to you gentlemen for showing up to this thing. They showed up. And, you know, and I got I got a note to make here today. Uh, some, I have kind of a breaking news story that's coming in here in just a second. But, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo made this a game. They made this interesting. The fans came out. They were loud and supportive. They were caring. You know, and they were hungry. They were hungry. And they made it fun, and their players made it fun. They made it very fun. So, shout out to Buffalo. That's a hell of a team. That is a hell of a team that demands respect. You better respect Buffalo. This is a team that went toe-to-toe with a good UAB team that beat them 96-91. to This is a team that played close within two possessions of number 12-ranked Cincinnati at the time. They lose by 7 to Syracuse. They lose by 6 to Cincinnati. Okay, and if there's anything that's called a good loss, you know the committee talking about good losses, this, that, and the other. I understand that no team wants to lose any games, but you got to give respect where respect is due. And there's, a, there's some respect here. There's some respect here with how they played against Cincinnati and Syracuse. They played Cincinnati at home. They played at Syracuse this way. This is a fun game. It's a fun game. And Syracuse has a St. Bonnie's team that is no cakewalk either coming up on their schedule. St. Bonnie's is not going to make anything easy. You think Buffalo was interesting. St. Bonnie's is going to be a fun game. The Bonnies are 3-0 and on the road. They're 8-2. Overall, they're first in the Atlantic 10 that features bracket busters like VCU and St. Louis and St. Joe's and Davidson and Dayton and George Mason and Richmond at times. They're coming off of a win against Vermont. They just won 81-79 against the Vermont Catamounts. Just pulled off that victory on a buzzer beater. They still have to play one more game, the Northeastern Huskies, before they meet Syracuse. They're going to be playing them today at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And so if you want to get to know St. Bonnie's, you can watch their game at 7. 
and then they're playing at Syracuse Friday, December 22nd at 7 p.m., and you're going to come out two hours before that at 5 p.m., right when you get out of work, or maybe you don't have to work that day, whatever it may be, come and hang out with us Friday at 5 p.m. on December 22nd, five minutes from the Carrier Dome, pregame with us with awesome food, bring your game ticket, you get your first beer for free, and you get to hang out with Dale Shackelford and myself. From 5 to 6, we're doing our live pregame show before the Syracuse-St. Bonaventure game at Lee's and Staggerwald on 117 East Fayette Street in downtown Syracuse. Come chill with us there, hang out at 5 o'clock Friday, December 22nd at Lee's and Staggerwald downtown, and then drive five minutes down the road to the Carrier Dome and enjoy the game at 7 o'clock with me as well. I love these St. Bonnie's games because I have big respect for St. Bonaventure and big respect for for Syracuse, obviously, and covering them for as long as I have. I've been broadcasting for almost 15 years. I've been covering Syracuse the whole time. So big ups to that. And in covering Syracuse, I get to see the Bonnies all the time. And I'm always hoping for the Bonnies. I want the Bonnies to make it back to the tournament. I want them to do well. And I think this is going to be a great game. I mean, an impartial view of this game, I think it's going to be fun. And I think this game could go to the wire. And I think that this game could be really close at the end. So I'm excited for what's about to come and respect for both of these New York teams. So whether you're a St. Bonaventure fan or a Syracuse fan, respect and and know that this game is going to be exciting on Friday, December 22nd. Probably an early Christmas gift. Might be a buzzer beater game. I don't know. It might be pretty close. So it's going to be fun. Syracuse, I believe, can go 12-1 and in non-conference play but they have to go through St. Bonnie's in Eastern Michigan to do that, and that is why you play the game. You can't overlook anything. St. Bonaventure right now is on a five-game winning streak, and they have won eight of their last nine games after losing their first game of the season to Niagara, 77-75. So their losses are to Niagara and the TCU. They lost to TCU by 10. They lost to Niagara by 2. They beat everybody else, won five straight, and eight of their last nine. Big news really quick here before we say our, before I bid adieu to you uh, for the live broadcast of Wake Up Call this morning is that Tyrone Sampson, who I had just been speaking about, Tyrone Sampson Jr., who you and I were just discussing, the center out of East English Village Prep from Detroit, Michigan, him and I had spent some time on the show, did an an interview with him very recently here, probably about a month ago. He has decided in the on on early National Signing Day to decommit from Syracuse. So he and and this is the crazy thing. He was one of the first three players in the 2018 incoming class to commit to Syracuse. He was one of the first three. He's the only center, and he's one of the first three that committed to Syracuse. I mean, so this is this is a blow to Syracuse. As I take him off the list here, East English Village Prep, number three. Gabe Haran was the first, Trill Williams was the second, Tyrone Sampson was the third to commit to Syracuse. So on a day where he was supposed to be sending in his letter to the Syracuse Orange, it wasn't like he was verbally committed and, you know, maybe he was just going to wait until the normal National Signing Day in February. This, (laughs) This is a huge blow. He went from one of the top three, or one of the first three verbal commits to Syracuse to going to sign his letter today in the early signing period to decommitting from Syracuse, opening up his recruitment, and taking his other four official visits. 
So obviously he saw something, he felt something, something wasn't right, whatever it may be. It's a personal decision. Respect his decision. I will tell you to respect his decision. I don't want any fans out there giving this guy grief, okay? Respect his decision and understand that you're not going to get everything that you want and you have to respect the fact that he this is it's just it just wasn't something didn't feel right and the crazy thing he's a very nice kid i love talking to him he's a pleasure to have on the show and you know he's asked for no interviews right now and i'm gonna oblige that you know normally when i reach out to these guys and i don't hear back from them it's not like oh i don't want to talk to you it's usually something like this it's something that has to do with you know they're not 100 percent on a decision or there's something that they just don't want to talk about right now. And so his decommitment comes as no surprise to me because of the fact that I haven't heard back from him. And, you know, like I said, we, we've spoken before, we've done interviews, and normally when I don't hear back from somebody, it's, it's typically exactly that. It's the fact that they're thinking about maybe doing something else, maybe going somewhere else. Sometimes it comes down to, to academic eligibility. And I'm not saying that that's that with him at all. I'm saying in the past, it's come down to that with, with some of the players that haven't gotten back to me. It was, it was an academic thing. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Syracuse goes from here. And if they push to get another center to come in here and, and create some depth behind Aaron service. But as we stand right now, with that decommitment from Syracuse, Syracuse is only waiting on three national letters of intent in the early signing period. Now, remember, you can wait until February and sign on national on normal national signing day. This early signing period is just an extra opportunity for teams to know what they have and build early on and get some guys enrolling early as well. So Syracuse has done phenomenally 14 of 17 Verbal commits have signed already. Jawar Jordan, Akeem Dixon, they're two running backs. And outside linebacker Jaquiria Smith, the, they're the only three that have not signed as of right now. So 14 of 17 already signing on the dotted line is great news for Syracuse. Sad news is, is the fact that Tyrone Sampson Jr., who was one of the first three to say yes to Syracuse, is now saying, hold on, I don't know. Very interesting. I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow morning on the broadcast, Thursday, December 21st, the winter solstice, and number 21, my favorite number. I'll be back hanging out with you here on Thursday, December 21st, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So much coming up. I have interviews with Matthew Moyer, Howard Washington Jr., Frank Howard, and O'Shea Brissett coming up on the show. Papa Joe's Picks, we're going to discuss the college football world coming out of the early National Signing Day period and what he thinks about all that. We'll take a look at National Signing Day and what we took away from this moment. So I'll take a look around the country and make some notes from the country as a whole and some Syracuse notes and any news to come up from that. And, of course, I'll have Dino Baber's press conference that I'll be going to today. I'll have that information for you as well in tomorrow's show. And we'll have Through the Looking Glass with a deeper look at a trending topic proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events. So come back around with us tomorrow, Thursday, December 21st, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. You can also pick up the live feed on wakeupcalldt.com's homepage and 
Make sure that you come and hang out with us tomorrow night, Thursday, December 21st at 7 p.m. for Muddy Waters Game Show Night. We're going to make it happen. Pictionary meets Family Feud. You got the family in town for the holidays? Bring them out. Let's have some fun. $50 gift certificate on the line for you folks. So come out, have some fun, get a gift certificate, and enjoy it with the fam. Bring them in. Show them what we do in Central and Upstate New York. Show your family and your friends that are coming in for the holidays just how much fun we have with the community in these really awesome games that don't take a lot. You could be any age. Just come out, play, have fun. It's free, and it's and it's just it's a great time. We get through it. We run through it quick. It takes us like an hour, hour and a half to get through it. So you come, you eat dinner, you grab a drink, and by the time you're done with your dinner, the game's over. So you could stay as long as you would like. But the game is not going to keep you there forever. I know some people are like, hey, Dan, I got plans. I got to go shopping. I got to do this. I got to do that. Hey, come over and spend 7 to 8, 7 to 8, 15 with us Thursday, December 21st at Muddy Waters on 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville. Play game show night. Have fun with your family, friends, and coworkers. And then go about your merry way. We'll see you then. And I'll talk with you tomorrow morning. God bless. And stay close to wakeupcalldt.com to the Syracuse football page on wakeupcalldt.com and to Twitter at wakeupcalldt and at call, or pardon me, Twitter at calldt and Facebook at wakeupcalldt today because I am not done with all of my National Signing Day specials. So stay tuned. God bless.